And welcome, everybody, to the debut episode of the Football Not Soccer podcast, hosted by myself, Peter, and my lovely co-host. I will let him introduce himself. Hey, what's up? How you doing? My name is William, or Will, or Willie, however you know me as. Yeah, it's um. so um, for all of you listening, thank you very much, all of you out there. This is a new project that came to myself and Will in a fit of inspiration on Discord one night. So, 30 minutes, bro. That's yeah, it was legit like 30 minutes. If any of you have seen the logo, that was all Will. If any of you have seen the name, that was our friend Muhammad. So shout out to him. Although, Muhammad, I know you're listening. I'm not paying you for shit, okay? So get over it. My man's is still um, trying to get paid, ain't he? Yeah, this man's trying to finesse money out of his own friends. It's crazy, but <laughs> it is what it is, bro. Yeah, so we're here. Episode one. We, um... We're going to make this a weekly podcast, mainly Premier League focused. When we want to talk about other things, we will bring in the necessary people. But um, yeah, guys, so we're three games into the season. Transfer deadline day. At current time recording, it's Wednesday, approximately 5 p.m. Pacific time. So we're about a day removed from transfer deadline day. And so rosters and squads are finalized across the league. So. I'm going to throw it to you, Will. What did you think about this summer transfer window for the Premier League in general? For the Premier League, bro, if you really think about it, it was actually a really good, uh, really good transfer window. There's a lot of key players that came in, two of which are notably the key ones are Lukaku and Ronaldo. We weren't expecting to have Ronaldo back in the prime this early, as well as uh, Lukaku. You know, I was, I, I was expecting for Chelsea to get uh, the likes of a Holland or anything like that. But overall, the transfer was very interesting. Even if you think about it, like outside of the Premier League, there was a lot going on with the likes of Messi going, going to PSG, the likes of uh, Barcelona trying to go about their rebuild, signing in like the Pi Aguero and stuff like that, as well as this shocking move with Griezmann, bro. That's the that's the key one. That's the one that really shocks me, that they just gave him back all the way to Atleti. I don't think he was doing too bad over there at Barca, but I guess they just didn't see any, they didn't see that in him, you know. I think as far as, like, for the Griezmann angle, I think it was more a financial decision from Barca. So I didn't realize how crazy their wage bill was in terms of what certain people were making. And it's a kind of thing where, like, if you're basically in crazy debt and you're right up against your spending limit, you need to find a way to shed salary. But, um, I was just reading. I was reading earlier how apparently uh, Sergio Busquets and Jordi Alba took a pay cut just so Barcelona could be able to register Aguero. So you're mm-hmm. right when it comes to the whole wage that that thing was very, very. That was a big thing right there, bro. That was a very big thing for Barcelona. Yeah, like it makes their team worse in the short term, but it gets them to a more financially healthy place in the long term. Like that's the kind of thing where they have to go a few steps backwards to truly go forward. So it's going to look crazy for this season and probably next season. But, I mean, they had to balance the books at some point. But, um, yeah, that was – Talking to- about Barcelona, quick question for you, you know. What's I was up? actually reading on this as well too earlier. It was the fact that – you know they gave Ansu Fati number 10? He's officially the next one to get number 10? I don't doubt it, bro. I mean, like, what were they going to do with it realistically? If Depay- have, you noticed that, have you noticed Depay- that a lot of big clubs are, like, giving their number 10s to a bunch of young talents? Like the, I like, think uh, this is a little bit different, though. Like, they don't have money to bring anyone else in. You're not going to give it to Aguero. Griezmann left. 
Depay didn't want it. So it's like, what are your other options? Coutinho doesn't play. He really doesn't. Like, they didn't have, like, it sucks. They could have left it vacant, but, like, nah. I don't think it matters too much. You know what I mean? Like, they don't really have many options. Somebody had to get it. Why not him? I would have thought of Depay or even an Usman Dembele, but then again, Usman Dembele is pretty much injured, like, 90% of the time. He's injured all the time. Depay didn't want it, so fair enough. And at the time, Messi was still there. Very true, very true, very true. Are there any key standouts for you during the transfer window that kind of shocked you? Um, shocked me let's see um edward going from celtic to palace on deadline day that kind of shocked me in oh, like man. a good way i was i was happy to see palace finally getting like a young striker and con- continuing to build like a younger spine throughout their team bro and i feel like crystal palace are gonna be like a very very underrated team this season bro everybody's picking palace to get relegated because they signed a bunch of younger players and people have no faith in patrick Vieira. But after watching their first three matches, I don't see how people have looked at those and have decided to like nail on Palace as like a relegation candidate. Like it doesn't make sense to me. They play based on quality too, bro. If you if you think about it, it's like their players are good too. That's what I like. They're young, but they have Anderson and Gahey at center back. You've got Gallagher in center mid. They signed Michelle Olise. They have Eze, who's on the. Like he has the Achilles problems. So he's out for a minute, but they have Zaha, yeah, not right. Edward up top. Like their team is not horrible. I don't know where people got relegation, and they have a good goalkeeper in Guaita. So like I don't know yeah, where people got relegation keeper. strugglers from. I think it's just Palace was such a stale team for so long, and they obviously needed some sort of reshuffle and a rebuild. And with losing so many players on expiring contracts this summer, and really having to like retool the squad, it was a big job. I just hope for Vieira's sake and for all of our sake that Vieira does well. I really do want to see him do well. That is a, that's a huge risk going to a mid-table club losing like 14 squad members, senior squad members, and having to rebuild. That's a huge risk and we're trying to stay in the league. It's not like Palace were finishing comfy in Europa. They were in like bottom half, like lower middle table for like yeah. five years now. So it's about time. Outside of Edward. I'm trying to think. Brighton didn't actually end up signing a striker, so I don't love that they didn't do that. I feel like goals will still be an issue for them. Uh, what shocked me was Southampton so ready, so ready to let go of some of their players. They really didn't put up much of a fight just to let go of a lot of their players. Which I didn't is even really- get that much money for players like Ings and Vestergaard. I was surprised. What was Ings going for? I think it was like not even, not even Ings thirty. I think it was like- Ings was 25 because he was had one year left on his deal. And then Bester, I think it was the same scenario. That's a deal and a half, especially for Aston Villa. Mm-hmm. You know, them losing Grealish as well, you know, getting Ings, that's definitely key right there. We got, what we got Buendia and Leon Bailey with all the money. Uh, how do you feel about this whole Aston Villa team so far? You think the underdogs? What are we thinking? Mid-table a little bit. I think bit. they're about, like, they're going to challenge for Europe. But instead of just anointing them as like a European qualifying team, we have to really look at what they're going up against. Like, look at what the top six were last season. And well, let's say look at what the top seven were. So you have the top four teams. They're not going to be in there. Leicester were fifth. Do I think Villa are better than Leicester? No. West Ham were sixth. Yeah. Do I think Villa are better than West Ham? On talent, maybe. And West Ham do have Europa League, so I do expect Villa to finish above them. But at the same time, Spurs kept the hold of Harry Kane. So that's, a big, that's a big thing for Spurs. 
in my thing, in my view, like Villa will compete for seventh with teams like West Ham and Everton and teams like that. Because Everton, say what you want, they're boring, whatever you feel about them personally. But like Rafa Benitez is a good manager and he knows how to make the best out of what he has. And I feel like a club like Everton for where they want to be, hiring a person like Benitez, even though it's obviously not fucking popular, it's a good move for them. I think they'll be better off for it in the medium and long term. What do you think? I feel like Benitez is sometimes very underappreciated, man. Like, he, he has a track record for being able to do good and stuff like that. But I don't know. The whole Aston Villa situation, it's it's interesting. You know, one of my uh, – I actually really like uh, Buendia. I think he's a great okay. player. He actually really, really reminds me of uh, a Santi Cazorla's player, but not as good as him. So, for me, I'm just like – I don't want them to do good just because, again, <laughs> those are Arsenal's rival as an Arsenal fan. You know, I ain't trying to see this, you know. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, bro. I feel like I feel like they could – you're, you're, you're right in a lot of sense that if you look at the teams that were in front of them, are they better than most of them? Uh, probably not. Are these signings – could they push them forward? Possibly. But just looking at within those first three games of the season, did they prove that they could do it? Mm, it's kind of looking iffy right now. You know what I'm saying? No, nah, I mean, what do they get? Four points from the first three? Yeah, they they beat Newcastle, tied with Brentford, and lost to Watford. So they have, yeah. like, quintessential mid-table form. They play at Stamford Bridge coming out of the international break, but there's not going to be Martinez or Buendia because they're yeah. going to have quarantine coming back from World Cup qualifiers. You know, with this whole uh, World Cup qualifiers, bro, I find it crazy that they're just letting players go outside of the country, you know, especially the South America because they're red listed and stuff like that. Yeah, but at the same time, like, it's people's nations qualifying for the World Cup. Like, does the Premier League really have a say? I don't think they do. Isn't, aren't there a couple of teams who are actually uh, preventing certain players from going? I'm not too sure. I got to, I got to, I mean, they are, but like, I don't know. That gets into like a huge moral debate over like how much influence the Premier League wants to have over their footballers. Cause like international football and club football are supposed to work hand in hand. That's the reason for these breaks scheduled during the season, you know? But yeah. like with COVID, it throws, it throws a monkey wrench in and like you're, you can't do both conceivably based on the current. It's just tough. It's a tough situation. Like, I'm not surprised Villa isn't stopping them. I'll put it that way. Yeah. That that makes a lot of sense. Especially after Argentina winning the Copa America, like I think it would be wild for Aston Villa to stand in the way of players helping Argentina qualify. Because it's not like they graciously qualified for 2018, bro. They barely made it. Yeah, they really they really scraped that one, bro. That was a close one right there. Yeah, South American qualifying is no joke. If any of you don't pay attention to Conmigball qualifiers, it's probably the hardest part of the world to qualify for the World Cup out of, in my opinion. Bro, especially with the places that they have to be playing. Like I was talking to a couple people before how um, they have to go to the likes of Bolivia and La Paz, bro. That's the altitude is insane over there, bro. Like, you literally have people waiting for you when you walk out the plane with oxygen masks for the players on the pitch. They literally have oxygen tanks there waiting for them just in case they need it. It's just, it's just crazy. Like, the whole Comnibol stuff is really crazy to me, you know? Yeah. But there's another big signing that really got overlooked for me yesterday, and that was uh, Emerson to Spurs from Barca. Have you seen Have you seen a little bit of Emerson? Do you, do you... I've seen a little bit of highlights, but do you think he's going to, like, slot in and play that much immediately? 
I think he's I think he's gonna be eased into it, bro. But this kid, he's a, he's a baller, man. He's got a lot of potential to be a really really good right back, bro. Like the the style of play, the way he moves, the way he attacks, the way he defends, and everything. It kind of reminds you a little bit of a Danny Alves type player, not mm-hmm. fully, but it kind of definitely reminds you a little you a little bit of that, you know? Yeah, I know what you mean. And the other one that really, really took me for shock as well was Saul, bro. Saul, how are you feeling as a Chelsea fan? Talk to me, Fida. Tell me. Um. All right. So I said I didn't want to make this too Chelsea-focused before the podcast started, but I'll give you my brief Chelsea segment for the sake of the podcast itself. I'm really confident. We have a nice, deep squad now. I expect a challenge on every front for everything. We have a better list of midfield players than anyone can summon up in the league. Like, our midfield is unparalleled now. You guys have a really good midfield. Uh, Kovacic, Jorginho, Conte, and now Saul. We have Kovacic and Saul on the bench. They would start for your team 100%. You know, you got to think about it. Like, we have quality depth, not just depth now. We've got a nice big squad. We've got about 16 or 17 starting caliber players. So, you know what, now it's time. This is the most confident I've felt about a squad 1 to 25 since about 2010, 2011. It's been a what long time since I felt this way. What so are you saying? We, possible trouble? Uh, we need to chase it, bro. Like, it sounds crazy, but we need to be there. We need to be playing meaningful matches all the way up until the last match of the season. I there think for me... The top two teams right now that I feel like are the biggest uh, who should who should be fighting for the Premier League this year should be between uh, Liverpool, Chelsea, and uh, I'd probably throw in uh, Manchester City in there as well too, just because they found form recently with the uh, Gabriel Jesus finally being able to slot into the team. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the title race is going to be really interesting. I hope so, man. We'll see. I expect I expect all four Champions League qualifying teams to be in there. And, like, all four of them to be having a say, really? Like, I don't like how United are flying under the radar after making the three signings they did. I feel like everybody kind of knows what's going to hold that team back in the end. That defensive midfielder, bro. They didn't get a defensive midfielder. But, like, even even still, like, look at the name. Like, United are going to be one of the best teams to ever be assembled on FIFA. But they're oh, going to be one of the stinkiest teams to watch in real life. It's going to be so funny. Like you're going to have like 89 rated Jaden Sancho, like 90 rated Rashford, like 93 rated CR7, like 89 bro, I'm so rated. Ready for ultimate team next season, bro. Ultimate team's about to be nice. They're going to be chalking up like one expected goal per match and scoring like three goals. It's going to be outrageous. But no, like it's I don't know. I expect four challengers to be there. The Champions League spots, although I think the top four will be a different order from last season, I think it will be the same four teams. And I'm willing to bet any amount of money that no one's cracking the top four that didn't finish inside it last year. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think Chelsea and City would be... Well, City would be... Eh, nah. I'm going to say Chelsea are favorites. I'll have confidence. I'll put my neck on the line. So approximately 15 minutes and 25 seconds into episode one, one of your co-hosts is saying Chelsea are favorites for the 2021-22 Premier League title. But that's so, not a crazy uh, thing to say, though. Cause it's I, not. It's bro. not. But this way, you guys can't say I didn't say it or I didn't put my neck out on the line when I'm celebrating nine months from now. So fair enough. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I would say City would finish second. Liverpool third if they, if they stay healthy. Um, United fourth. But if Liverpool get injured, they dip down to fourth. Depending on how injured 
If, if there were one team to slip out, it would be Liverpool purely due to injury accumulation. But I don't yep. think it'll happen to the extent it happened last year. And the lack of depth that they uh, they have right now, especially with the transfer window, they didn't they didn't sign anybody other than Konate. That was yeah, the, was the transfer window. That's it. That was a wrap from there. I was really surprised. Like Liverpool didn't use it as a chance to strengthen because the depth issue is a huge issue. They're one or two injury. They're one or two injuries away from like not really having goal scores. And they had the same exact situation last season with the whole, but in the center back sense, you know, yeah, with the likes of Gomez and we had the likes of Richard Van Dyke. Every, it, it was bad, bro. That mm-hmm. that whole injury crisis. If they just don't stay fit, we could see a GG's Liverpool this season. But you know, I think they will stay more fit than last season. Though, like, they were reasonably fit for like a three-year period, and then everything just came crashing in on them. And I don't think it's. It was like it was like above and beyond what's like rationally expected, and I just feel like they'll revert to some sort of medium in terms of injuries. So they'll be healthier than last year, but not as healthy as like the previous four, if that makes sense. Yeah, I definitely get that. I definitely get that. My only concern with Liverpool is that when we get into the Christmas area, uh, the Christmas time, you know, closer mm-hmm. to Boxing Day, just so many matches start stacking up one by one by one, and Liverpool, what they're in the Champions League. Then they're if they're probably most likely still be in the FA Cup and Carabao Cup too. So it's like they're gonna have to be able to manage their team properly, especially just to avoid any injuries, you know. So that's gonna be an interesting phase there. But you know, for me, my top four is similar to yours, bro. I got Chelsea, City, United, Liverpool fighting for third and fourth, and then from there, you know, we'll go down the list of uh, you know the the Spurs, the so on and so forth, you know. I feel like it'd be it's gonna be really really hard this season this uh this year to be able to crack the top four especially. I would say I would say do we should do one through twenty together live on air, but like, I there's so much volatility between like eight and fifteen. There really is. There like, there is just so much. There's so much. It's so hard to say because obviously managers at some point it's an unfortunate reality of the game. Some are gonna lose their jobs. Some players yeah. like. Like, some players for, like, these mid-table teams, like, for example, Callum Wilson, he's out for a month. I guarantee until he comes back, Newcastle aren't going to gain a point in the Premier League. There's no no way. There's no way. If you're a mid-table team and you have one or two goal scorers and one of them gets injured, guess what? You're fucked. Like, it just happens. We see it happen all the time. So for me to sit here and say, let's do one through 20, I'd basically have to try and predict injuries to myself so i don't really want to go below eighth for predictions because i feel like we can get i don't know i feel like between eight and 15 it just gets kind of tough everything's just so weird because like just say you're talking about the whole newcastle situation you know Mm -hmm. it's uh wolves are suffering from that same exact situation right now the fact that uh jimenez isn't fully fully fit to be able to start playing again Yep, and right now, like they're creating a lot of chances, bro. They're creating mad chances, bro. Yeah, they should have. They should have beat United this past weekend, bro. Like hundred percent, hundred percent. Like I'm sorry to say, United fans, but like Wolves should have definitely taken the three points then. But it's just no goal scored, man. They they were just struggling then. It just goes to show, like for these mid table teams or these lower end teams, it's vitally important to have a goal scoring person in form. Vitally important, you know. I agree with you, bro. I agree. So, if you had to do like a five through eight for the table, 
who what would be your five through eight to finish for the season? So saying we got uh, all right, Chelsea first for me. Is it gonna be Chelsea City fighting for first and second? We have the same top four, so we have the same sixteen teams to pull from for five through eight. So for fifth, I want to say I'm gonna shoot for Leicester. I'm gonna shoot for Leicester. Okay. I genuinely believe Leicester have a quality team, and I feel like yeah. the team is like probably very, very underrated. Uh-huh. So I'm gonna go for Leicester fifth. Mm, who else? I want to say Aston Villa could possibly get up there, possibly if they if they're able to like fully get up and running. I want to say Aston Villa could definitely be up there, and um, I guess I guess the woman Jimenez comes in, I can see Wolves as well being being able to crack that uh the whole top eight. And you know, as an Arsenal fan, I could just pray that Arsenal somehow managed to get somewhere in the top eight. But I don't know, bro. I feel like what we got Leicester fifth. Let's say uh, Leicester fifth. We got Villa sixth, Wolves seventh, and hopefully Arsenal eighth. Realistically, not, but hopefully. But I can see Brentford getting that eighth place, bro, because Brentford been playing really nice, bro. I feel like you forgot a team though. Which one? We got Everton. Why you forgot Tottenham, dude? I am not, bro. They're 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 getting relegated. Easy peasy. I was gonna say that's not gonna happen, but fair enough. Like I know you hate them, but like it's just. I think so. you're right. You're. Right. I did forget about Tottenham. <laughs> you did. They I have pain as on. No way Arsenal finish above them. No fucking chance. Fine, I'll give I'll give I'll give Tottenham fifth, and then we'll go Leicester sixth. I was because I was gonna do Spurs finish fifth, Leicester finish sixth, Villa finish seventh. And then Everton finish eighth. That was going to be my prediction. I think Leicester will do better in Europa League this season. I don't know why Brendan Rodgers tried to tank Europa League to try and finish top four. I mean, I do know why. But Brendan Rodgers needs to realize the best chance of him playing Champions League football is winning the fucking Europa League. I I think Leicester have a good enough team to do it. They have a deeper team than they did last year. I think they will take the Europa League more seriously this year. And I could see them going on a deep run, maybe even winning it. Like, if I were to tell you Leicester made the Europa League semis, would you be shocked? Because I wouldn't. Absolutely not, bro. Because their squad is insane. Dave. Their squad Dave is honestly. good. But I, at the same time, I don't like having to play Thursday, Sundays all throughout the spring. And I know Spurs have to do it too. But with Conference League, they can literally just send children and it doesn't matter. Like, there's no incentive to win Conference League. And I just feel like with Kane and Son, you've got two world-class players in your team, and they've shown to be defensively solid enough under Nuno so far that if you can keep it solid at the back and you have two difference makers, you can go a long way. But I hate to say it, but Nuno's Nuno's doing big things right now, bro. Like he's It'll a, be like the better version of what Mourinho tried to do. Yeah, pretty much. He's a, he's just going going from Mourinho to Nuno, bro. You could definitely see the big identity change in the squad himself. You can see the vision. You can see what he's trying to do with all that. But going back to the whole Leicester situation, you know what's one thing that people really overlooked is ever since Fofana got injured, Leicester went to go pick up Vestergaard, bro. That's mm-hmm. he's a great center back. I think Vestergaard is one of those uh, underrated center backs in the Premier League, and I feel like him being in there, in there is going to be very key. As well as they've got uh, Samore. I think mm-hmm. that kid's a baller from uh, from Lille. He's insane, and then you, you got obviously Mason. Uh, 
yeah, Mason Mount is uh, there as well, too. So it's like crazy, bro. With Doc as well as Striker. Hey, hold on. You said Mason Mount is on Leicester, sir? No, no, Madison. James Madison. I'm sorry, bro. James Madison. Okay. Madison. I was thinking about Mason Mount, bro. James Madison. <laughs> James Madison, I was managed to stay at uh, Leicester this year. So I feel like that's going to be key for them as well, too. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm just really interested to see how they're going to run because during during all the preseason, Leicester were running a 4 4 2 the whole time. But with them keeping James Madison, I would presume that they're going to switch back to the 4 3 3 or 4 2. They played the 4 3 3 for their first couple matches. Okay, okay. They went back to what they usually do. When everybody got hurt, they did like a three back, and it was kind of unique. But, I mean, we'll have to wait and see what happens throughout the season because they signed Daka as well. So they have Daka, Iannaccio, and Vardy as like forward options. So I wouldn't be shocked to see them utilize a front two at some point. But we'll just have Mm -hmm. to wait and see when that is. So who Um, do you think this year is going to get like the golden boot? Golden boot this year. What we got? Hmm. Um. I mean, Cristiano himself is a shout. He's gonna have something to say about it. Salah, of course, will be up there. Uh, you've got Lukaku, who seems to be on a mission, and you can never write off Kane. I, I it's gonna sound super fucking obvious, but I think the golden boot's gonna be between those four. I'm gonna eliminate Bruno Fernandez from the race just because he's no longer getting the set pieces because yeah. Ronaldo was there. <laughs> so like they're gonna kind of he's gonna get canceled out by his own countrymen in that sense. Um, I'm gonna go. It might it might shock people who are listening, but I'm gonna go with Salah to win Golden Boot. You think Salah? Yeah, that's not a bad shout. That's not a bad shout. Salah will win it, and I think Lukaku will come second. Salah will win it with 24, and I think Lukaku will get like 22. You know, as much as I want to say Ronaldo, bro, I kind of feel that Lukaku might win Golden Boot, bro. Bro, I would take it. Don't just get me wrong, because, it. Just because you guys have so much creativity in your team with the likes of Akai Harvards, with the likes of Mason Mount, with the likes of, like, a Kovacic now getting Saul and stuff like that, bro. Like, that team itself is – it's a scary team, bro. It's a really scary, scary team right now. Just come to the blue but, house of London. It's all right. We'll accept you. <laughs> Oh man, you're not the first one to tell me that, bro. Bro, we'll accept you. Sorry. Who do who do we think is gonna be t- assist leader? Regular Kevin Ooh. Kevin De Bruyne again? Mm, fuck, probably Pogba, just because he already has four. Am I he allowed has to five? He has five. five? Yep. Fuck, he has five. Oh, definitely Pogba, dude. Because De Bruyne is not even fit yet. Yeah, but when De Bruyne comes in, bro, he's he definitely clutches up heavy. Bro, you're telling me you can't see Pogba playing like through balls to Ronaldo on the break? I could definitely shoot? see that happening. Bro. I could definitely see I mean, that. Come happening. on, bro. Like, I this is a, I feel like this is an easy answer. That United team is scary, bro. They're so I'll talented, but their manager is. Let's not speak about him. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's gonna be the funniest waste of talent you've ever seen. It really, it really is. It really is. I feel like they have potential. But they don't have the right leader for the potential, like to be able to guide them to the title. You know, it reminds me, it gives me serious vibes of Chelsea under Frank Lampard. And it's like, what are we really doing here? Oh yeah, you guys, you guys definitely could have done a lot there. But I don't know, bro. Like Sancho, we got Sancho on the right. They're probably gonna end up putting what Rashford on the left with Ronaldo up top, Bruno in behind. That team is disgusting, bro. That team is definitely, definitely disgusting. Oh, it's gonna be outrageous on FIFA. I'm gonna be so upset playing United. I already know. 
But, um, <laughs> yeah, so Pogba would be my shout. So would you agree on the Pogba shout for assist leader? I definitely go for Pogba as well because you're right. Those three balls he's going to send to Ronaldo, those beautiful balls he's going to put in there, bro, 100%. And he already but has five. That, like, that's the thing as well. He's already winning. But I say you can't rule out Bruno as well, bro, because Bruno, Bruno's really – he's really nice at it. Well, Bruno's not assisting more than Pogba. It's not happening. True, 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 true. You are, like, bro, he has five. Yeah, that's, that's a, a lot. lot. That's a, that's that's a lot. lot, especially for the first three games. That's all. Yeah, like, De Bruyne is not fit. Pogba has five. And I just – I don't know. Like, if he plays on the left, like, where he's been getting the assist from and cooking everybody, then, yeah, I think he will – I think he'll quite easily win that. Yeah. I can see it happening, bro. I can definitely see it happening. Especially because he's, like – he was playing really well in the Euros as well, too. And it's, like, he, that form he had in the Euros, he's really picking it up right now in the prime. It is great to playing, see. He's playing for his Real Madrid contract. They got to respect it. He really is. He is. Talk about Real Madrid. Did you see how they just signed Kamavinga, bro? They signed Kamavinga. They didn't get Mbappe, but, I mean, he can sign a pre-contract in January. So we'll have to see. But, yeah, I mean, good for Madrid. It's about time their midfield gets a little bit younger. That that Madrid team's starting to look scary now. Once they sign Mbappe, get probably another, another young attacker in there as well, too. Yeah, Mbappe for free. They can get Pogba for free. Fuck, you know. I was uh I was reading apparently, but I don't know how reliable these sources are. Is they're gonna shoot for uh, for Mbappe and Holland? Yeah, because Holland's release clause drops to seventy five mil uh, next summer as well too. Euros, yeah, and they're losing Gareth Bale's wages off the books next summer as well. Oh yeah, Gareth Bale's contract completely is completely done. Hundred thousand pounds, bro, a week for Gareth that, Bale. That's ridiculous. That's that's almost what Holland wants. They could essentially swap out like Bale and one other for Holland on the books. They'd be good to go in that sense, bro. They they seriously would be good to go. Yeah. It's all like everybody likes to we like to shit on Real Madrid now because it's fun, but there's a universe that's not very far from this one, where they have Pogba, Mbappe, and Holland all together next summer. I can see it happening. No pounds, like it would be outrageous. But yeah, that could that could be what we're stepping into. We don't know. Yeah, but um, so to kind of flip the table upside down, who do you think is going to get relegated from the Prem next season? That's a hard one, bro. <laughs> That's a really, really hard one. Uh, I'm going to throw Norwich out there just because I feel like we can agree on that. Norwich, yeah. I feel like a Burnley as well, too, possibly. I don't. I actually disagree on this firmly. Really? What makes yeah. you think Burnley will go down? Their goalkeeper's too good, and Sean Dyche is too good of a manager. Wait, oh, yeah, they still got Nick Pope, right? They never got. They never yeah, lost. Yeah, Nick Pope is still there. Chris Wood is fit. He's already off the mark for the season. Chris Wood gives them double digits every season. They have a good enough, like Tarkowski and me are a good enough center back pairing, and Pope is a good enough goalkeeper, and they do just enough in the middle and have just enough creativity with guys like McNeil and Goodmanson that they get enough service up top and they just like maximize like one nil results. I don't know. Like I think Burnley won't finish above 14th, but I don't think they're going down if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. But obviously Norwich could be number one. What do yeah. we, The other ones we could throw out is probably like a Watford. Watford will be in and around there. It's just tough. Cause I, I, really, I, just, I don't think Watford will get relegated. Cause they, I don't uh, think they will either, but we just don't know a lot about their players. That's the thing. Like Watford, an unknown commodity. 
they just have a bunch of random players at this point. And I kind of respect it because they're kind of they're doing their own thing. I mean, they have what four points for the season, three points. Yeah, they're at three points right now for the season. Oh, okay, so they lost their last two. So they lost to Brighton, and then who do they just lose to? They, I don't know who they just recently lost. Oh, to. Tottenham, Tottenham. They lost one 0 at Tottenham. No, they played all right though. Like, they looked I, way more competitive than they did last time they were in the Prem. So that's good to see. Yeah, it's this this whole this whole relegation thing is gonna be really interesting because. Like, if we're going to be really honest right now, like, and it's on some non-biased stuff right here, bro, is that the two teams that are looking very relegated, like, that they could get relegated right now are Norwich and Arsenal. And You guys won't get relegated. I don't, I don't think we're going to get relegated, but the way we've been playing, you know. Oh, just, 100%. 100%. Like, you guys are playing horribly, but I don't think that'll continue. Actually... Cal- I just spoke about it earlier. Callum Wilson got injured. He's out for a month. Newcastle are already sat on one point. I think Newcastle will go down with Norwich. You think Newcastle and Norwich? Yes. All right. If we do Newcastle and Norwich relegated, we still got one more to go. Because I-, I personally don't see Brentford going down. Because the way they've been playing is really nice. They're too solid. Yeah. Unless we um, possibly a Brighton. But then again, I don't think so. Because Basuma's carrying that midfield right now. Basuma's clearly carrying that whole Brighton midfield. also have they Brighton have a good coach. Like fuck. See, what I would throw out there was Southampton, because they just kind of gutted their team. I, I see that happening. I think the final spot will be between Southampton, Watford, and Crystal Palace. But I think Southampton will be the one that goes down. I genuinely think Crystal Palace isn't really going to get that low. I feel like Crystal Palace is going to be anywhere between, like, what, 9 and 14? 9 and 13, possibly. All right, so let's say Southampton, Watford, and Burnley, but I think Southampton will go. I could definitely see Southampton. I could definitely see them. Because right now they haven't won a single game yet. They're on two points right now. Yeah, they've got two draws, but they've got two credible draws. They had the stoppage time equalizer from the spot against Newcastle. Then they had that 1-1 draw versus United. So let me look at Southampton's upcoming fixtures. So we're on currently on international break, time recording, September 1st and all that. So the league comes back 10 days from now approximately. In their next four matches, they have West Ham at home, City away, Wolves at home, and Chelsea away. So I think they're going to get four points from these. You think so? Yeah, I think they're going to actually beat West Ham and draw Wolves. I see the draw against Wolves, and I could uh... – they're definitely losing at City, and I think they're going to lose to Chelsea as well. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt on that. Well, let's say they got four points in these next four games. That puts them at six points after seven games. That's not great. That is not great at all. That's really not great. Let me look at Watford's next four. They've got Wolves, Norwich, Newcastle, and Leeds. You know what? Watford needs to win two of these games. Who do they have? Wolves, Norwich, uh, Wolves, they have and Leeds. Wolves and Newcastle at home, and they go to Norwich and go to Leeds. You they, think you think they beat Leeds? I don't think they beat Leeds. I no, think I don't think they beat Leeds. I think they beat Newcastle, and I think they beat Norwich. You know, it's one thing we haven't talked about is uh, how Leeds just signed me. Uh, what's his name? Daniel James. Uh, Daniel James for like thirty mil. That Leeds team, the tag is looking nice, man. Rafinha. They have Rafinha on one side, Harris on the other. They can have James on the bench, and they have Bamford through the middle. They have Rodrigo as well. Yeah, they're actually building a decent squad. Leeds have only started with two points as well, I think, or one point even maybe. No, two points. 
Leeds score too many goals, man. I don't think Leeds are going to be down there. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting. Like I said, like I'm only picking Newcastle because I don't rate Steve Bruce at all as a manager, and their main goal scorer got injured. So I think that's a fairly obvious pick. Like I haven't kept track on betting odds for relegation, but I guarantee you, with the news of Callum Wilson's injury, Newcastle down there. odds for relegation got slashed. I would assume. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, 100%. Yeah. But I mean, it'll be it'll be a good it'll be a good fight. You know, what's one really crazy thing that we have this season is that a bunch of mid table teams have really decent players in the squad that could genuinely. It, it, it's going to cause the whole mid table battle to be really really challenging. Because <laughs> now more than ever, these mid table teams have a bunch of money. They don't need to sell their players to the bigger teams. Yeah, and a couple of these mid-table teams as well too have really, really good managers as well. Who are, where you could see that these guys could definitely move forward type stuff. You know, like some of the mid-table teams have better managers than some of the teams at the top end. It's like, well, how does that work? I agree with you. I agree with you. Very, it's very interesting. Like the way that you can't really poach talent within the league without paying a hefty tax, and the way that littler teams are able to get better managers than certain bigger teams it's very it's very odd to me but it's it is what it is so it, yeah it does make for a lot of volatility yes sir yes sir yeah but, uh, so international break i don't want to talk about it too much what are things you're going to be looking out for in this next month these next four league matches two european competition matches and cup match segment of the season one uh, one big thing that's gonna play a big role right here is within these next uh, this next month is how how many games are in total they're gonna be? There's gonna be like six games played per it's team. Be seven for the European teams and five for the non-European teams. Seven to five. I feel like injury is gonna be a really big thing coming up, man. Especially with uh with COVID going on and stuff like that. There's gonna be a couple of players who're gonna be overplayed. There's gonna be certain mm-hmm. players who're gonna be out on quarantine. It's just gonna be really interesting to see how this whole um yeah whole next month starts painting out. What what do you think? Bro, I honestly think whoever comes back fit from international break and whichever clubs are fortunate to dodge COVID will do really well. It's a squad game more than a first 11 game at this point. You're going to have players coming from all over the world and you're going to be traveling for these European matches as well. I just think like teams with deeper squads sounds incredibly obvious, but they're going to do much better. And that's kind of that's kind of one big reason why Chelsea are the favorites to win this year because of that's this. That's why I put us up there. We're so deep. Like we're like the anti-Liverpool. Like Liverpool hands down have a better eleven than we do. It's not even close. I think in terms of elevens, Liverpool probably have the best one in the league. But once you get past player fourteen or fifteen, there's not much there. And it's a squad game. You need one to twenty five to be good. You can't just go sixty matches playing fifteen people. It doesn't work. Yep. You're not wrong here. You're not wrong there, brother. You're not wrong there. Just it's a, yeah. It's just I want to see, though, at the bottom end, obviously managers are going to start coming under pressure. I want to see when the dominoes fall for sacking managers, who gets appointed. Like, keep an eye on the Newcastle situation. I'm not saying this to be mean, but I'm keeping an eye on Arteta's job to see what Arsenal do if they do decide to let him go. I'm Obviously, I have half an eye on Crystal Palace because you never fucking know what those guys are going to do. Yep. Watford never too far from fact from sacking managers. 
But um, I just want to see when the first one goes, will it trigger any sort of chain reaction? What will happen? How long will clubs wait? I really want to see. You know, it's one thing that could be that could, that's going to cause a change reactions to see if Arteta does get sacked, and who they bring in there. You know, because from what uh from what's being told and being rumored around, you know, it's clearly no legit or concrete rumors out here. But if Arteta does get sacked, apparently Antonio Conte is the first one on there. And if we'll see, bro. If that happens, bro, hopefully my team, hopefully we go up, man. I'm praying. I'm praying. We will have to see, sir. Long, lonely times down here nowadays, bro. Lonely times. We will have to see. Yeah, no, nah, I don't know what Arsenal are going to do. Like, I thought they might let go of Arteta during this international break, but it's only four games until the next one. You guys have Norwich, Burnley, a North London derby at home, and then a trip to Brighton. I honestly think if he loses to Spurs and doesn't beat Brighton, he gets sacked. Yeah, that that shit honestly be the nail in the coffin right there. Losing, uh, I think that would be like the last straw for fans losing a derby at home in front of fans. I feel like he already though has lost all the fans because um, nah, I I don't know like or maybe that'd be the last straw for the club. I don't know like part of me wants to see like how much is it going to take to actually push him out. But at the same time, like Norwich and Burnley are pretty comfy fixtures coming out of the international break. So it kind of makes sense why they just let him keep his job. They could, You could win the next two and have six points after five matches, and everyone could be acting like everything is fine, you know? Yeah, this uh, this, se- this season is just going to be a really interesting season, bro. I think one key thing that's going to play a big role in a lot of teams is going to be the whole COVID situation. Because we're seeing a lot of teams having to just dig into like their uh their academy players to be able to put them in the bench and stuff like that just to be able to f- fill out a team to be able to put out you know mm-hmm. like like an example would be like i hate to bring this up bro but like the whole arsenal team five players missed the covid i know uh the likes of uh everton are starting with some covid situations well covid situations as well too as the as well as brighton so it's like i feel like covid is gonna play a big role this year seeing how things go from here on you know, you're probably right. Yeah, bro. So I think we pretty much touch bases on absolutely everything when it comes to the Premier League. You know, do you want to do you want to do any uh, predictions for when uh, match week four? Oh yeah, fuck it. We might as well do that. Yeah, the weekend. Let, let me pull up the fixture. That's a good one. All right, I have them here. So early kickoff Saturday. It's four thirty a.m. my time. Crystal Palace play Spurs. What you think? I, I go I go two no Spurs. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go one one. I'm gonna go one one. Spurs have a lot of internationals. That's an early kickoff coming back from a break. I'm gonna go one one. That's at Selhurst Park. They've got two good results in their last two matches. I think it'll be a good game. And I think Zaha will get off the mark for the season. You think so? I do. One one, and they and they they might actually be able to have uh, Edward as well too, uh, fully yeah. fit for the, for the game. Actually, you're right. One one might be reliable. Might be a good right er, there. Early kickoff, I think we'll see something crazy. What do you think, Arsenal Norwich? Arsenal Norwich. As much as seeing a Norwich win would be funny, I can't <laughs> see anything other than an Arsenal win. I'll say two one Arsenal. I got one zero Arsenal, bro. <laughs> I got one zero Arsenal for that. What about two one Arsenal? I can't see Norwich getting anything from that. Although if they did. Oh my God! I'll say this: If you guys don't beat Norwich, Arteta should have like. I don't see how he can host training the next day. 
Bro, tell me about it, man. Tell me about it. This whole Arsenal thing depresses me. Ooh, this would be like my favorite low-key fixture of the weekend. Brentford and Brighton. I think that'd be a good game. Mm. What are we saying? I'm going to go with the draw. I will say 1-1, Brentford and Brighton. 1-1, Brighton? I want to say 2-1, Brentford, bro. That's fair enough. Tony, Tony's been doing well. The whole attack uh, for the Brentford side has been doing well. Just their tactics, bro. Like, if you saw them play the very first game day, man, they really do know how to press. They really do know how to move the ball around. Yeah. It's going to be a good game. Nah, I think Brentford will – that'll be the third draw in a row, actually. So, yeah, I'll go with that. What are we saying? Leicester, Man City. Oh, shit. That's going to be a good game. Oh, shit. Okay. Another test for City. Um, I think City will win, though. I'll say 2-0 Manchester City. I agree with I that. would love a Leicester win, though. I'll put it out there now. I would absolutely love a Leicester win. I think uh, Leicester are lining up DACA to be able to start for the Man City game. It's going to be interesting to see DACA Vardy playing right there. Maybe. It'll be interesting to see what how Brendan Rodgers sets them up. Yeah. What about United Cat Newcastle? United are going to win by three goals. Yeah, it's going uh, to be bloody. Newcastle have no chance. Ronaldo debut goal, you think? I think he's. It's, the word is he's coming off the bench for his debut. Hey, man. He can do it. Newcastle. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. And the next fixture is Southampton, West Ham. Southampton get their first win of the season. You think so? Yes. Armstrong scoring the game winner? Uh. Adam Armstrong, yeah, let's go with that. Southampton get their first win. I know West Ham have started well, but West Ham have also conceded in all three of their games. I believe they've con- yeah they've conceded five goals in three games so far. They've scored like ten, so it doesn't matter that much. But yeah, they're conceding goals all over the place. I think it's going to catch up to them. I think Southampton get their first win of the season. I got well, one for that one. One out of who? Uh, Southampton. Southampton 101. Look at us. We're on the same page. Watford and Wolves 2019 FA Cup semifinal rematch. <laughs> Watford hosting Wolves. What are we saying for this? I think, I think Wolves get their first. I think Wolves get their first three points of the season. I think so too. The way Wolves have been playing, bro. The way they played against Manchester United, it was it was crazy. Like they deserved those three points. It's just that they didn't have anyone finishing. You know, it was a bit of a travesty. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. So, what you think? I got two no wolves. I'm gonna say two one wolves. All right. What Jimenez about and Triore score? Who? Jimenez and Triore both score. Oh man, I can see Jimenez scoring two right there. <laughs> what about Chelsea Aston Villa? What we got? European champs playing host to a shorthanded Villa. Chelsea win two no. I can see you guys winning three no. Chelsea a light two nil to go into Champions League in the week. That would be nice. Then we have the Sunday game, which is uh, Leeds. Only one game on Sunday. I don't know. Kind of surprising. Leeds and Liverpool. Hmm. What are we thinking? Tricky. My heart says draw, but I'm going to be balanced and go with a Liverpool win, like 2-1 or something. Yeah, I was about to say a 2-1, just because Leeds, Leeds know how to attack. They really do know how to attack. Leeds held into a draw at Ellen Road last season. Without fans. So, like, my heart says draw. I really want to say it, but I'll say Liverpool win just to maintain some sense of 
obje- objectivity. I can see the draw happening just because Leeds are playing at home. I can see that happening. But I don't know. I feel like Salah or Mane are just going to come out with a clutch one right here. Uh-huh. And then we got the last game, which is Everton-Burnley. Everton-Burnley. Yeah. Everton's home. Goodison Park. What are we saying? What do you think? That's a Monday night, right? Yeah, Monday night. Hmm. You know, I want to say Cal- uh, Cal- Calvert-Lewin. A winner, 1-0. 1-0? One, one Fuck, you know. I could see Burnley just coming and being, like, stinky, though. You think I'll so? Say Ever- I'll say Everton win, like, 2-1. I'll say that. 2-1? Everton win 2-1, but Burnley play well. I just so, think, I, I just feel like Pope's just going to have one hell of a game. That's why I'm saying 1-0. Nah, no, he will, but I still think Everton will win 2-1. Damari Gray's on form. Cobbert Lewin's got 3-3. Three and three. You know, I don't know. So, to recap, Palace Spurs, I said draw. I believe you said draw. We both think Arsenal are winning. You think Brentford are beating Brighton. I think it's a 1-1 draw. Yeah. Both said that City beat Leicester. We've agreed that United are slaughtering Newcastle. We've gone for the Southampton win over West Ham. We've come Mm -hmm. to a consensus regarding Wolves getting their first points of the season over Watford. Uh, We both think Chelsea are winning. We both think Liverpool are winning. We're hoping we, for a tie, though. We're hoping for a tie there. We're obviously hoping for a draw. I just am not going to get my heart. I'm not going to get my hopes up. Like, after I see Chelsea 3, Villa nil, then, like, yeah, I'll get my hopes up. I'm down. But um, And then Everton on the Monday night, we think, will we'll squeak past Burnley. So the only thing we really disagree on here is Brentford and Brighton. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's looking like. All right, so everybody listening, you know what that means. We are undoubtedly going to whiff on, like, almost all of these. So by the time you listen to these, before – I mean, it'll be, in, it'll be in a few days. It'll definitely be before the next fixtures. By the time you listen, you will form your own opinions. Get in touch with us. What do you think? Uh, what do you disagree with? Disagree with us respectfully, though. Do not abuse us on the podcast account, which – I personally promise to be more active from engage with you guys. Sorry about that. I will put some polls out there. I'll just ask some questions, but um, yeah. So as for episode one, I think we've about covered it. Uh, anything else to say? My wonderful co-host William. No, just uh, everyone. Don't forget to give a follow to our uh, Twitter page, uh, underscore FNS podcast. Just give us a follow right there. We're going to be more active out there. We're going to be posting uh Updates when we're going to release an episode, days recording, so on and so forth. As yep. well as we're going to put a links for Spotify and uh, iTunes and all that. So just give us a follow out there. Yes, yes, yes. Follow us on the wonderful podcast account. Help us get to 100 followers, people. We are currently 17 away, but we will get there. But um, yeah, guys, this has been a good debut episode. This will be a regular thing throughout the season. Win, lose, or draw. If you want to listen to troll Arsenal, if you want to listen to troll Chelsea, whatever you want to do, whatever listening purposes we serve to you, we are more than happy to oblige. But um, yes, people, we are signing off for episode one. We will catch you guys approximately the same time next week for episode two. That being said, we did kind of a match day four preview on this one. So maybe we'll find some sort of special topic to talk about next week. But I don't know. You'll have to tune in to find out. But big up to everybody, and we are out of here.